Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, mid-January. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. It's mid-January. Hello. I'm still smiling and I'm still doing dry January. <gasps> oh, shit, we didn't. Oh, my gosh. I remember last year's dry January. That's awesome. You're yeah, doing well, it. I am doing oh. it, but we started a week later because we had a week off after New Year oh, and decided yeah. that actually we didn't really want to start dry January straight away. But I am going to go a week into February to make up for oh, it. Oh, so, good um, for you. So technically, I've only done it for a week, and I'm oh, feeling great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so oh, um, that's awesome. yeah, I've not, I've not missed it. Like, what really annoys me though is all these people that say, "Oh yeah, I feel wonderful. I'm sleeping better. I'm feeling great. I'm more energized." I don't get those same feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's totally oh, yeah. variable. For some, yes. For some, yes. Yeah. But others are like, no, no. Yeah. Maya with red wine and I go along like just fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, my grand. Leave us alone. Oh. But no, I'm always glad that I do it. I've done it for probably about seven years now. Um, so yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I'm so pleased. I'm grateful. I am nice. embracing it. And oh. yeah, with or without sleep. Good. Oh gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. Nice. Well, I, I don't have any such New Year's resolutions. It's just survival. <laughs> so my, my result resolution is to survive. So interestingly, so Ontario, which is the province here where I am, um, shut down schools again and, um, three pediatric bodies, uh, we're informing the government that this is such a shit idea. Yeah. You have to open the schools back up. So mm. interestingly, it just so happens that they're opening the schools back up today, but there is a massive blizzard. It's ongoing. There's a 40 oh. centimeter a projected snowfall. And it's just, it's insane right now. It's going to go on for another eight hours. So oh I saw this God. meme that was like, oh, opening schools up on Monday. And then there was this like meme with a famous actor the saying, universe says no. <laughs> the fuck you will. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like legendary blizzard. Yeah. All those parents out there that were clapping their hands last night are suddenly going, oh. what? <laughs> oh, totally. Oh, and I will be speaking to all of them in clinic as we talk about their anxiety, which oh, can surprise, surprise is getting worse. But it's just super stressful, right? It's yeah. just too much. I was just reading yesterday, the runabout in the UK, um, just lifting all restrictions at the end of January, yeah. um, with the exception of the five days isolation, if you do um, test positive. Yeah. And I think they're realising the more detrimental effect it's having with all of yeah. these restrictions and yeah. um, controlling the way that we live our lives, um, that yeah. it's having just an even worse impact than than the actual virus itself is. No, um, it is. Yep. So yeah, it's... Um, I think everyone's had enough. Um, I've been saying that for the last two years, mate. <laughs> yeah. um, but it is, it's really, really hard. And I think um, especially for children and parents and yeah. and people who are struggling work-wise because of the restrictions that are in place. Yeah, completely. Oh, totally. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Funny thing about Canada is we're, we're going to dig our heels. Like, yeah, just we have this way of digging our heels into like, Oh, anyways, oh God. Mm. I just have a Maybe we need to ban COVID discussions. 
Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> so I think that's probably true. Uh, like, yeah. I have a I have a client who is facing some workplace bullying, and there's a one perpetrator. And, we, you know, my client says, that person who shall not be named, so that they mm. don't bring the trauma yeah. into their yeah. mind all the time, which is actually a really great, yeah. <laughs> great technique. Yeah, it's true. Oh, gosh. We don't need that trigger. We don't need that reminder. True. True that. Mm. Yeah. So uh, with the world falling apart, <laughs> what's up with the relationship test? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I often talk about things that aren't right in relationships and um, all the negative side of it. So today I've got a little story about um, nine relationship green lights to prove you found a keeper. Oh, cool. Okay. All right. <laughs> so let's have a bit of a positive yeah. spin for the right. start of the year. Nice, nice. Okay, go So, okay. So here's the list. So it, the article talks about how we're always warned to look out for red flags, but it's, it's equally as important to understand what green lights are in relationships um, so that we know, do we kind of have the real thing? This feel like the real deal or not so here we go so number one is consistency hmm. so consistency is an outstanding promising green light so this is about predictability and um, so we often think predictability is like really dull boring but it's not actually and we talked the other week didn't we about trust and how all the little things of doing the things that you say you will help to promote trust so predictability is part of it it's part of building trust within a relationship and so if people are consistent, if they do what they say they do, if they're not flaky and, you know, that whole thing when you start dating someone, it's like, oh, well, I might see, I might not. It's like just, you know, mm. either say yes or no. You're either in or you're out. Right, I talked right. about that the other week. How many uh, feet have you got in the camp? Yeah, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> so, yeah, consistent, consistency, reliability, doing what you say you'll do. Start to build a bit of trust. Number two is using we. Ah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So when yeah. you start to refer to the relationship as, you know, we, um, I think as long as you don't go to two, two extremes, you know, that whole thing, mm -hmm. like we can't exist without each other. I think you do still exist, but I think it's about um, knowing that you've got this partnership. So we means that we are together, we've got a partnership, mm -hmm. we support each other, we rely on each other. So the we is in the context of that. Ah, nice. Okay. Mm. Nice. All right. Number three is silence feels comfortable. Oh, Hmm. Okay. It was awkward moments, right? So, um, when I was when I was married and quite and I was quite young, uh -huh. I said that on the podcast before when I first got married. My mother-in-law, um, rest us all now, she's badly. Um, she would always just have these like really long periods of silence where she wouldn't speak mm. or communicate, and I couldn't handle it. <laughs> Yeah. So I'd start filling in the gap with all kinds of gibberish and I'd come away from the conversation thinking, oh, why did I just say that? Oh, it must have been exhausting, yeah. And I'd start sharing all kinds of nonsense that I didn't really oh, mean to share yeah. um, because I couldn't stand the silence. Mm. So there is something about being comfortable just sat in silence, whether it's a Sunday afternoon and mm. just having some peace and not having to have a conversation. So not having to feel like you're forced in a situation you feel so comfortable in each other's presence that it's not an issue that you're not speaking mm. or doing anything. You're just being. Mm, nice, yeah. And not feeling like you have to put on an act or a facade. Yeah. 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 Be something you're not. Feel yeah. that awkward silence. Not necessary. Yeah. Um, putting effort. Okay, let's read what this means. <laughs> so it says, keep note of this one. Our relationships are only as strong as the effort we put into them. Mm-hmm. When you don't put in enough energy, we weaken the relationship and make it more vulnerable to break. 
Ah, okay. okay. All right. All that right. seems a little obvious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could have slightly reworded that. Putting effort doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We won't, um, we won't condemn the writing. <laughs> right, right. The message right. is there. So I get that. Yeah. Respecting your time alone. I think this is something uh, that's really important. Uh-huh. So if you've got somebody who can respect the fact that you do need some time, we all need some time by ourselves. Yeah. We yeah. all need those just five minutes or an afternoon or an evening. We're not designed to be with each other 24-7. I don't believe that. Right. Yes. Yeah. So being respectful. If somebody's respectful of your time and the fact that you need that space, mm-hmm. they're definitely a keeper. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Totally. Yes. <laughs> mm. That's a hard one because yeah. oftentimes we just get in each other's business and spend so much time together for so long. It's so yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Respecting boundaries. Mm. Love a good boundary on this show. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I read a really great thing at the weekend about boundaries and it said, it's such a great analogy. It said, having no boundaries is like having no walls, uh, having no windows or doors to your house and letting anybody come in and take whatever they want. Oh, it's so true, right? We would never. Like, oh my yeah. God, I love that analogy. Yeah. yeah, It's just so true, isn't it? You wouldn't let somebody just come in and walk off with your TV or your yeah. microwave, would you? Yeah. You'd be like, hang so- on a minute. So true. That's mine. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. 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 Number seven, the ability to say, I'm sorry. Uh, Took me a very long time to learn this. Uh, yeah. Oh, the, oh, this is like the hardest one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there are still moments I struggle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Does it count if you mumble it under your breath? <gasps> or say it with other words with, that don't, yeah. that's not, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, number eight is no criticism. Uh-huh. So it says there are two types of criticism, healthy and unhealthy. The healthy type helps us become better people. I wouldn't have said that's criticism, though. I wouldn't use that word, but anyway. Mm-hmm. And the unhealthy type promotes judgment and disrespect. Like the contempt. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about respect last week, didn't we? Yeah. True that. Mm. True that. Yeah. And then number nine, finally, showing an interest in your goals. Because a keeper is someone who supports you and doesn't belittle your interests or dreams. They don't stand in the way of your goals and they encourage you and help you to achieve them. Oh, gosh. Yes. Ooh, that ends with, have you found your keeper yet? Question mark. Oh. So. Interesting. Yeah, that that last one is like a, a, that's a bomb, actually. Mm. That's a good one. It is. It is a real good one. And I often find that. Where if you've got a keeper, they'll believe in your dreams even when you don't. Mm-hmm. So they'll champion you even when, because we all have this these kind of roller coaster moments when, especially when you're trying to achieve something that's really big or life changing or totally outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. If you've got a keeper, they'll be championing you no matter how you're feeling, uh, whether you're up or down. They'll still be right behind you going, you can do it. Yeah. And if it doesn't exactly align with their interests, like if it makes things yeah. a bit inconvenient for them, ooh, yeah. extra points. So exactly, true. yeah. Yeah. Nice, okay. Oh, right. yeah. Those are good green mm. lights. They are, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. And it's nice to think of it from a positive perspective. Yeah. It's, uh, we need that these days. Mm. Totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Nice. <laughs> right. So, hot topic, anybody? Let's, let's do a hot topic. Yeah. Okay. topic is default parenting syndrome mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, I see this a lot. Yeah. So I'm not a parent. I see a lot of parents and I talk about default parenting a lot to patients Mm. and to clients. But as the parent on our panel, tell us about default parenting. (laughs) Well, I suppose it's a bit different for me now because I'm divorced. So um, we're not quite in the same situation, but Let's just explain to the listeners what we mean by default parenting syndrome. So Mm -hmm. um, the way I see it, and you can tell me if you see something different um, from your perspective, but Mm -hmm. is um, default parenting syndrome is where you have one parent that is the default parent and the Mm -hmm. other parent is a bit more like a backup, a stand-in. They're there when when maybe you're not feeling well or you need to nip off and deal with something or you have a wicked, you know, uh, or a weekend away or whatever it is um mm-hmm. we've got work crisis whatever mm-hmm. they then kind of pick up the phone but you're almost kind of just passing them little instructions or tasks to do yes. as opposed to having yeah. that full responsibility you still even then in that situation hold on to the responsibility but you kind of dish out some instructions or tasks that need to be done just to maintain the status quo yeah yeah so that's how I would see it have you got any um different thoughts or um, yeah yeah, exactly. And I think the thing that's really misleading is, and uh, it's it's often a gendered thing, and women often just mm. are the people who do the lion's share of the parenting and the household yeah. and the everything. And the tricky thing is that you've got the backup parent, who is generally a man, who says, I'm here, tell me what to do. I'm going yeah. to the store, tell me what to do. Give me a shopping list. Tell me what to get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and there's lots of memes, and it's sort of now coming into sort of more regular sort of awareness. But uh, a lot of guys and a lot of, let's say, a lot of backup parents think that this is acceptable to say, I'm here, I'll do whatever it takes, just tell me what to do. But the problem is, is that's an that's an additional emotional lift. And it often causes the default parent to say, no, you know what, forget it, I'll do it. Because mm-hmm. the amount of time and effort that it takes to be able to manage the backup parent, it's as if you could be doing it yourself. Yeah. And so that is the, and it's just, it's an incredibly emotionally laborious uh, setup. And and that's where moms are burning out, default parents are burning out, and they don't know why, because they've mm. got this offer for, of help from a backup parent. Yeah. But it's a simple, you know, it's, 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 you know, the default parent knows who the family doctor is. The backup parent often doesn't even know who the family doctor is or who's mm. the, the contact at school when the kids are sick. Um, and so, you know, when shit hits the fan, the default parent has to explain to the backup parent, like, oh, here's the, here's the family doctor. That's their phone number, et cetera. It's, mm. it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable the amount of weight. It is. Yeah. And there is that kind of, you know, it's that emotional, that mental, that physical, that extra energy that goes into mm. to keeping all the plates spinning. What I would say is, though, it's only a problem if it's a problem for the default parent. So mm-hmm. if you don't have a problem with this, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your relationship. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean to say there's anything wrong with you guys as parents. Mm-hmm. If you're really comfortable with where you're at, then that's OK. You've kind of right. you've reached your levels. You've got your whether it whether you feel it's fair or unfair or whether somebody else judges it as fair or unfair. Mm-hmm. It's only a challenge if it's a challenge for you. Um, if it's not, then you know, there's nothing to say that there's anything wrong in your relationship. I think where the challenge comes in is where it is a problem. We don't do anything about it. We'll sit there and accept it and take on more and more and more until we reach breaking point because we haven't communicated that there's anything wrong or that we're unhappy. And then everything snaps. Um, and you've got that kind of either 
from a health perspective, as you say, you hit burnout and then you are ill. Um, and that's your body's way of, of giving up, going, actually, you've put too much. You, you have overloaded me and I can no longer carry any more. Right. And then you kind of hit rough bottom. Um, or you just snap in a more kind of volatile way where it just all kind of erupts and all the resentment comes out and you're kind of carrying this resentment for quite some time. And then that either turns into a kind of slow poisonous contempt or or there is that kind of volcanic eruption that happens when we reach a, a, the, you know that point of kind of no return and we end up saying things that we don't mean to or don't want to. Mm. So I think the first position really is to start to understand what situation am I in? Mm. Is this something that is a challenge for me? Is it not? I think sometimes you can have judgment of others, mm. you know, so am I taking on someone else's view about what my relationship should be like? Or is this my own personal view? Like, how do I feel? How do I genuinely feel about it? Right. If I think about the last kind of, you know, four to six weeks, how has life been? Do I feel like I'm resentful or um, am I starting to kind of feel some emotions building up? Mm-hmm. Am I starting to feel an emotional drain or a physical drain? Am I exhausted all the time? Mm-hmm. So it's looking for some of the signs that there's something that's not quite right. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm still stuck at, I'm still (laughs) stuck, however, at the possibility that people could be actually the default parent and not actually Mm. be strained by it. Because in, in, in our land, both parents are working, like in the majority Mm -hmm. of setups, both parents are working. Some of the default parents are working and and being the financial breadwinner as well. Like it can be shocking how sometimes one partner really doesn't do much of anything. And again, I, it's only because I see it, but no, I mean, truly that is, that's sort of the first step, but really, unfortunately, I, for the vast, I'll, I'll say this for the vast majority of females out there who are parenting, there is a problematic straining default parenting syndrome that where it's actually symptomatic, you could say, because if both parents are needing to work, you got one person who's essentially single-handedly raising the kid and a full-time job on top of that. So I'm like, Oh, I got like red lights, fire trucks and sirens. Like <laughs> I, well, it's true. Like, m- and I'm sure for a lot of people, it is the case. Yeah. When I was married, I was the default parent. I knew everything about everything. Mm-hmm. And I worked full time. I'd finished all my studies by then, but I had demanding job. Like, um, I worked a lot of hours and uh, still looked after the kids, picked up the kids, gave kind of all the, I was a t- typical parent, like, mm-hmm had the list of the things that you need to do, pack the bags for the kids so that, you know, my husband just had to pick everything up and put them in the car. And he would do anything at all that I asked him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that he wouldn't, um, but he just didn't take that responsibility. I had all of that, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't necessarily said that I felt resentful about it. That wasn't what broke up the marriage. Um, so I think it's possible um, to be playing that role and for it not to um, right. have that effect. But as I hear what you're saying. There are a lot of people, particularly now over the last couple of years, with the word that we're not mentioning anymore, that has created more pressure. <laughs> that has created um, virtual learning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I, to- I, you know, I totally get it. But I get, but I have seen on the flip side, though, a lot more parents have come together mm-hmm. and have changed the dynamics because they have been able to see the world through their partner's eyes mm-hmm. and to see how the load may be imbalanced and they have started to do something about it. So I've seen the flip side of it where the word that we're not talking about has had a positive effect yeah. on, on relationships and on this this whole situation about default parenting. 
I mean, it's true. I'm seeing a lot more fathers in the doctor's mm. office with their kids for their well yeah. baby visits. It is true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking to a lot more dads than I ever have before. True. Yeah. And oh my gosh. I mean, isn't, isn't it funny? Like that's a typical, could something have come positive, have come out of this atro- at like catastrophic global event? Maybe. That'd yeah, be pretty cool. I think- yeah. And they're the things that don't make the headlines, right? Because it's yeah. easy just to, to write about all the crap stuff that's happened as a result. And, and we can't forget that as well, because we can't forget that we're all in different positions and different stages with um, Anna's obviously excited. She's knocking her mic over. My mic has just decided to <laughs> flop over and die. But she's quite excited at the thought of some opportunity <laughs> coming out of the situation. I know, exactly. <laughs> what opportunity? Hooray to that. But yeah, you, you know, I think I've, I've lost my chains. Oh, I can't remember what's wrong about. <laughs> well, there's definitely like a train in a dark tunnel with a um, light at the end of the tunnel. So yeah, yeah you know, there's, there's always, there's always going to be some positives that come out of even the most horrendous situations. But we don't see those. We don't see them because they don't make headlines, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a travesty because part of the reason I think that we're all struggling so much is because we just keep hearing so much bad news all the time. Mm-hmm. But there are there are some positives. I think we've seen we've seen life in a different perspective, in a different way. We've started to see how our partners are at work. Maybe we've seen how demanding their jobs are, and we didn't really think about it. And we've been able to see that that has then made us be able to shift our own behaviour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say there aren't still lots of situations where there's a, a primary carer and a backup. Right, right, right. And I guess if you're listening to this, consider am I a backup? <laughs> I mean, that's a great question. Because yeah. you might not even know, right? You might not realise you're the backup. Yeah. I think the one phrase that always, always annoys me is when I'm sat with a male colleague and they say, oh, yeah, I'm babysitting the kids this weekend. Oh, yeah. And my retort always back is, are oh, they not your children? <laughs> Did you not help to create them? Because that's the whole situation, isn't it? You know, you do... You help to create them. You help to make them. Therefore, you know, they are your children. Therefore, you're not babysitting. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So would you say, I have interestingly had a comment about when folks enter shared custody as as, as co-parenting mm. after divorce, interestingly, yeah. it tends to actually sometimes even the score a little bit because then you've got both parents who kind of have to run their own household. You can't have like one parent not having food and not packing the kids to school. Yeah, totally. Um, but what you can also see is is a quite kind of poisonous, malicious behavior that goes on as well. Mm. And I don't think it always goes on consciously. I think sometimes mm. it goes on subconsciously where the default parent um, is, is then kind of um, almost protective of their default position oh. and can then use that to maybe kind of manipulate through the children to attack the oh. um, the other divorcee oh. parent. So so that's something to be be really watchful and mindful of, that we're not kind of slipping oh. into that toxic behaviour. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely right. So this happened when, um, when I got divorced and the children lived in two different houses, still do, um, although now... I mean, one's at university, just yeah. come back. Yeah. Um, and the other one more sort of stays with his dad now. But 
but for a, a very very long period of time good 10 11 years mm. uh, we had this kind of shared arrangements and now as a teenager you kind of have less control over yeah. what they do um, yeah yeah but, but you're totally right so my children were reasonably relatively young and this whole situation of I can no longer not take responsibility mm. um then my other half was was forced into whether he kind of wanted to or not but you know all credit to him he stepped up and um and, and more recently he's kind of like stepped up again um mm. and I think it shows you know we've all got the possibility within us and and I don't think that the other parent necessarily doesn't want to do it I think it's just that you know what you're doing such a capable great job I don't mm. even know where it starts mm. to kind of help I don't know I don't know where my in is mm. um to be able to kind of step into it so I almost don't understand the flow of things and the rhythm and the process. Yeah. Therefore, I don't even know which bits I can I can actively happily take that don't kind of make the whole thing fall apart. Does that make sense? It, oh, it does. And especially if you are a person who has been raised in a culture where you were never privy to the flow of things, you were never in the kitchen, you were never... So, I yeah, mean, again, it's and a... And let's face it, generational-wise, right? yeah. most of us were like that, yeah, right? Yeah, So. Yeah. You know, generation-wise, like, although, having said that, actually, my other half, his dad did, um, my ex, his dad did all of the cooking, actually. Uh, um, and so, but but again, you know, I mean, I don't, well, actually, I'm lying. I don't think he did all the cooking, but he always did on a Sunday when we were for, for a Sunday roast. <laughs> that was his kind of domain. Uh, but, yeah. you know, I think like all things in life, it's about balance. It's about understanding. It's about awareness. It's about knowing mm-hmm. exactly what's going on. And, and a lot of the times, and this is the case with a lot of challenges in relationships, mm. we don't say there's a problem. So, you yeah, know, we don't yeah. say, actually, I feel like I'm doing shitloads. And yeah. and I know that this isn't the case, but it kind of feels like you've got kind of, you know, the, the better end of the deal. And right. I'm kind of stuck in, you know, I'm stuck in the kitchen all the time. Yeah. Um, and so we don't actually have that conversation. Instead, you know, we clatter and bang the pots around hoping somebody's going to come in yeah. and say, is everything all right? Right, um, right, right. You know, and the reality is we know that that doesn't happen. Yeah. So, yeah, it is a tricky thing, but you're right. When kind of divorce hits, then there is no choice. Um, mm. Equally, I had to get used to initially the fact that my kids would eat chicken nuggets. Ah. Which wasn't my default yeah. food. But. Yeah, yeah. And so that brings in something else. Like, the thing about giving up the default parenting role and letting somebody else in is they're going to do stuff their way yeah 100%, 100%. you can control the and, what but and yeah. the or the why or sorry with the what or the, or the how but not the what and the how yeah that's yeah, a critical yeah. thing and you do have to accept that you do have to accept that things will be different and people evolve as well so they didn't eat chicken nuggets forever um, you know, and my my ex husband cooked before I met him, so he was perfectly capable of looking after himself. Yeah. So it's just a lost skill that needs to kind of come back and be resurrected. Uh, um, and he got there again. You know, the kids love his cooking; they love going to his house, they love eating food there. So it's uh, not a. It just is. You know, it is what it is. It's a. It's like anything. A period of it just meant a period of transformation where we move from one situation to a new situation. We have to re- relearn and, and retrace or learn new habits. That's that's how life is yeah not better not worse it's just different different. and things can change and people and like we've talked about before like we tend to label our partner as being not great at this and that but they'll they'll often change quite significantly yeah do you know my son taught me something today when I dropped him off um about how we judge people based on their past so he said, we we're having a conversation about something and he said, uh, why does everybody keep saying that I am like X? Mm. 
when I'm not. And I said, hmm, okay, he's got a good point. He did used to be X a lot, mm-hmm. and now less so. Um, and I said, well, what about this situation? He went, well, that's not me. That's, you know, so we kind of had this conversation where I was like, you're right. Everybody's judging you now on some past behavior that you no longer do, and you're being judged still on it because we've, we've labeled you, we've stuck you with this label. So he kind of told me that today, that that was a really good reminder. We're not always we're not always going to be the same person. We're evolving all of the time right. and we are capable of change and being different. Mm, yeah, it's so true. Mm. Oh, nice. So is there anything else we need to cover? Do you think on this? No, I think this is like a good, like it's a huge, huge iceberg mm. of a topic, but I think just awareness, let's just mention yeah. this is something is resentment, burnout, frustration, mm. victim mode. Yeah. coming up yeah. for you yeah I think yeah the thing I would say is just check yourself check the role that you're playing mm-hmm. and does this serve you yeah 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 and if it's not then you know maybe it's serving you in the wrong way you think it's serving you but actually ultimately long term it's not yeah yeah then Absolutely. so yeah just check in with that yeah very good mm. first step yeah mm. all right would you like a question? Yes, let's go on to a listener question. Today's question. My partner wants to become a vegan. I'm total meat eater and I don't want to change. Why is this happening now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gosh, it's like, so many questions oh, within this one question. <laughs> there are, aren't there? And yeah, I think, um, yeah. so January, as well as being, um, you know, typical um, dry January, which has been happening for the last, I don't know, 10, 11 years or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, more recently has become Veganuary. Do you have that oh, on your side of the pond? I, like, I'm sure, like, no, but I should know this. We should. Okay. Yeah. So, like, it's a real thing. So you go now, um, restaurants advertise, like, special vegan menu I don't know why I can't serve vegan food all year round but (laughs) you know (laughs) we have this enhanced vegan uh, menu in January and there's a lot of people who um who really then just say right for one month I'm just going to try it out I'm going to test the water I'm going to kind of maybe give your body a break maybe just try something different yeah it's quite a popular thing and um interestingly enough I was I watched a little um BBC short video yesterday about what would happen if the world became vegan? Oh. So it was talking about how, like, um, animals, particularly cows, um, pollute the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and how, you know, how much it takes in terms of um, resources to um, both land and, and kind of water and feeding and things to be able to keep farming and, and how we should all really consider mm. lowering our meat consumption. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also said it takes a shit ton of water to be able to produce almonds. Right. Um, oh, so yeah. it's not yeah. all kind of yeah. you know we're not swapping one negative thing for lots more positive things there is kind of balance to be had yeah but it is it's a real thing so it's a big phenomena you see the sales of um when you see the stats of the sales of of um vegan food shoot, shoot yeah. up in, in january yeah. because we've got this influence anything where we're influenced by um by media or um more awareness more publicity about something then mm-hmm. you start to see shifts in buying behaviours. Mm-hmm. Um, it was I, I read another interesting article about it. About um, it was a viral TikTok about this feta cheese recipe that went oh. viral on TikTok, and 
In Sainsbury's, which is one of the supermarkets in the UK, they saw a 72% increase in feta cheese when this when oh, this TikTok video yes, went very well. Yes. So it's oh, like we yeah, are massively totally. influenced. So yeah, totally. anyway, a little bit of side knowledge there about uh, nice. about being vegan and how that's come to me. But you're right, yeah, there is yeah. so much in this question. There is right. like question upon question in right. this question. <laughs> totally. So where should we start? I think at the end, actually, and one of so mm. the the listeners saying why is this, saying, happening, why is this happening? Well, well, it's veganuary. Okay, so that's one. Yeah. <laughs> but the bigger question: Why is this happening now? Yeah. Don't you get the sense that the the carpet is being ripped out under this person's feet? <laughs> it's like I thought I knew my partner, and everything yeah. has been a lie. Like it's yeah. that sort of emotion that I'm yeah. sensing. I also get a real sense that the other person is going through a bit of a transition themselves, mm. and it's like. Why are th- like when this person is like, why are things changing? I don't need them to change. Everything's fine as it is. Like, just stop now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to two weeks ago because everything was grand then. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> That's the sense I get. Like, yeah. uh, no, hang on. I never signed up for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you're changing everything, and I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so okay, so maybe that gets the second thing is there's a, there's an implied. Well, you're changing, so I guess I need to change. So yes. why is that coming up for our mm. listener, do you think? Yeah, yeah, well, and it, and again, this I suppose this links a little bit, doesn't it, to that first question, whether you've got parents, whether you've got parents or not, whether you are parents or not, yeah. you've still got this kind of default, um, default you know, default adult, I guess, in the relationship. Yeah, yeah. There's always somebody who's going to be a little bit more adult than the other one yeah. um, who does take on all of those responsibilities. So maybe, you know, Maybe it's the the person that wants to become a vegan is is the kind of the the responsible adult, and they've now decided as a responsible adult, I no longer want to use um you know animal products. I don't want to eat them. I want to um to think about maybe it's health reasons, maybe it's um ethical reasons. We don't know, but there's clearly a shift there, and maybe the other person is now terrified that who's going to cook my meat. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Or do I have to give up my meat? Yeah. Do I have to change my diet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and I, I mean, I know quite a few couples that have gone through this experience, and you know, generally the partner ends up. And I think the other thing in this, there's fear, isn't there? There's fear of, you know, I'm a total meat eater. So in my mind, the identity that I've created for myself is that I eat meat. That's yeah. what I do. Yeah without probably ever exploring what it would mean to not have meat right. in their diet. Yeah. Like, what would it mean if I ate a vegetarian meal yeah. or a vegan meal? What would that mean? What would I be yeah. saying about myself? Um, what am I scared of that I don't want to try it? Yeah. Because often when we haven't tried things, we don't really know. We're just, um, it's just that fear of change, that fear of the unknown. Right. Of well, what happens if I don't like it? Or maybe I've just not maybe I've not been very adventurous with my food choices. Yeah. And therefore I see all of those other things that, that vegans eat as being different and weird and something that I don't have. Yeah. So that's probably some of the narrative that's playing out. Yeah. In reality, you know, yeah. there's so much there's such an array of food to eat, isn't there? I mean your food choices are just immense, really. Well, if you're living in a place with like a Sainsbury's or like a massive yeah. superstore, chances yeah. are there's You've a got lot access of different to food. Yeah. yeah. You know, the majority of people have got access to a lot of foods. We are widely influenced as well by different cultures and different food varieties around the world now. Yeah. You know, gone are the days where, you know, all you could get access to was a carrot and a leek. 
Yeah. It's, you know, those days are gone. And, you know, you, you bought your meat from the butchers and you had your meat and two veg and that was it. Yeah. Those days are so different. Um, my daughter was talking about how because they're at uni and they're just starting out on their cooking adventures and mm. she said a friend had made this dish with a Korean paste and oh. coconut milk and yeah. loads of vegetables and I thought oh, that sounds really nice actually yeah. wouldn't mind trying that myself yeah. um, and I said oh you should give that a go that sounds really lovely and she said yeah as long as I can get Korean paste and I was thinking well you probably will be able to get it uh-huh. that said I tried in the super over the weekend couldn't and uh. Um, but, you know, the, the majority of the time we've got access to some kind of really interesting food that's mm. really great to try. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we've not tried it before puts us off and kind of makes right. us feel a bit. And I was guilty of this when I was young. I didn't have a very wide, you know, food palette. I didn't have a wide taste varieties. I wasn't really that interested. Mm-hmm. I was a royal pain in the arse when I was a child. <laughs> would refuse to eat anything. And now kind of. That comes back in spades, won't you? When your own kids start you know, you're like, damn you. Oh my god. Um, as you've kind of widened, I remember I wouldn't eat a pepper, and I absolutely adore peppers now. Mm. I can't, you know, I probably eat peppers about five times a week. Mm. Um, and I wouldn't touch one. So right. it's that sort of thing, isn't it? Where we just need to be opened up to try different things. Mm. And I think in this question, there's a case of Actually, I feel terrified because I've not experienced any of that before mm. and I don't even know what I'd eat. Mm-hmm. And generally, when we have this situation with, with partners, the other partner actually does start to explore things and realises they like them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a stand-in for everything, including, you know, going out there and saying, you know, I think I'm into this kind of sex and I think yeah. I want to try this. Like, it's it just shakes our world. Like, anytime one person... It's so threatening because like we don't get prepared for the fact that we will change. Our preferences will change, our adventure sense of adventure, the things we want to try. We realize life yeah. is too short. So there's so many things that we might want to try. And some of them, like food, is essential to our identity. Maybe I have a client whose partner changed political affiliations and it was a oh, massive yeah. rift, right? Or yeah, maybe they started off as a huge environmentalist and now they're driving a big, you know, F450 truck yeah. and or vice versa. Or <laughs> vice versa. Yeah, so Which is often what you get. Yeah. yeah. It's so weird, but like the things that our partner decides to do and this is like comes back to like the relationship news is you know, if you're you know, a real green light is if you can allow your parent your your parent. You can allow your partner. <laughs> That's with parenting. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. But yeah, just allow your parent, your your partner to, yeah, make changes. To change. Yeah, I, yeah. I saw a, um, a little meme the other day, and it said one of them was a it's outline of a person, and they had kind of a little bit of a flower just on the corner of the head, mm. and above the head it says "You've changed." The other person, same outline, covered in flowers, beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, mm. different colors, different shapes, and um, and they said, "Yes, I'm meant to." oh yeah and I thought yeah. how true is that we yeah. are meant to change we're yeah. meant to evolve it's not I a think, mistake yeah. or yeah. a phase yeah I think what's underneath this question though for me is will they still love me if I don't become a vegan too yes so will they still love me that, will I be caught left yeah. behind yeah yeah am I the non-adventuresome one am I the meat killing yeah. one yeah. Or is our relate so the thing that I see is that this void, this chasm is opening up. One partner is mm. on one side, the other, and the other partner fears that they're gonna be off like on an iceberg and drift yeah. away from the relationship. Yeah. But I don't think it has to be that way. Correct. 
So I think, you know, we're talking about allowing people to um, to pursue their own goals and mm-hmm. to support them in that. So that if we think back to that green light story, the the situation would be, do you know what? You want to become a vegan? That's bloody brilliant. I'm so mm-hmm. pleased that you found something yeah. that is really important to you and you're really passionate about. Yeah. What can I do to help you in that? Right. And maybe make it clear, you know, it's not, I have to say it's not for me, but I'm happy to maybe Correct. try a couple of dishes. But Correct. for me, I'd still prefer to eat meat. Yeah. You know, that's still something I want to do. But I fully support you in your yeah. decision and I will help you as much as I can. Right. Yes. So that actually requires you getting clear on yourself. Because yes. what's happening here is that this person has unconsciously said, well, meat eating is a part of life. That is, I, it's, it's about as predictable as the fact that eight o'clock happens in the morning and the sun is up. Yeah. But yeah. in this case, they have to sort of go to the drawing board and be like, who am I? What's my diet? Who am I as a person? Mm. What do I want to try? What do I, what am I ready for? What am I not ready for? So that's, yeah. that's after the fact that you say, you know what, this is what's for me, but I'm going to yeah. support you. So first step is to clear, get clear on yourself. Yeah, wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's funny because like in an instance like this, the, the classic defense is you're always trying new things. It never sticks. You're so fickle. I know this is just mm. another passing phase. So I'm just going to wait for you to go back to meet. Yeah. And that's the sort of response to, <laughs> so I like. And you know, yeah. and you know what, well, that might be true, but so what? For God's sake, support them in the five minutes while they're doing it. <laughs> yes yes I once became a vegetarian at school because my friend did a talk about chickens and that kind of put me off I decided that I didn't want to eat meat and I went home and the full declaration was to do as a child yeah and becoming a vegetarian um and yeah it was short-lived because I really like bacon sandwiches so yeah sorry about that and I don't want to offend any vegetarians or vegans out there um I am happy for your diet choices Right. And I certainly eat a lot less, less meat than I used to. Right. Um, but I still like meat and sandwich. There you go. That's, that's you know I'm yourself. <laughs> yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's a really nice, you know, an extra point. I, I like the, how you said it, like, how can I support you? Uh, uh, you know, that might yeah. include like, you know, I'd love to help you explore where are the um, restaurants in town? Where are the vegan shops in yeah. town? Um, yeah. Something I saw on some TV show is that there's somebody who has switched to a vegan lifestyle and for the rest of their family. So they keep different drawers. So here are the vegan snacks. Mm. Here are the non-vegan yeah. snacks and yeah. everything just lives in harmony. Yeah. And, it, and has it's their totally place possible. In the refrigerator. Yeah. 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 It is totally possible. I have a friend that um, has not eaten meat for years now. And this is the first year her family have, she, she said for years, I'm going to give up cooking meat for other people in the oh. family. And this year, she's actually kind of stuck to it. And she said, it's really great. She said, the kids are getting involved. My husband's getting involved. And they're getting more involved in the cooking because they're coming in to make the meat that goes with their food, Mm -hmm. as opposed to her doing it and then kind of having her, um, you know, meat alternatives. So it's totally possible. um, You know, like anything in life, everything is possible. It's just finding the right way. It's finding the right path and making sure you've got the the balance there. That's what's both of it. So, and maybe coming full circle to like the default parenting thing is, yeah, yeah if the person going vegan is the default parent and the primary cook, yeah, then that's another reason why. But, you know, the shocking thing, like it, talk about change is, you know, I cooked for years. My husband didn't cook. He hadn't learned to cook. Mm. Um, it is absolutely shocking to see his transformation. I'm kind of moving through a phase where... 
life is really hard and I just can't get the bandwidth and I'm not cooking at these months, mm. which is very bizarre for me. He is cooking up a storm <laughs> and he has this amazing sort of knack of like he cooks something, watch he touch, he's got this golden touch where things just turn out incredible so much. So we have to make our, our own cat food for our one cat who has a vomiting disorder. And I was cooking the food for years and I was always, um, I was always the person involved always the person leading the charge for that. It was always the mental effort that I had to, to carry. Once he started cooking the food, the cat likes it so much, his food so much more than mine. It's like she's giving three Michelin stars at every, at every cooking fest. So like she demolishes the food that he makes. So like what I realized, he's actually a better cook than I am. Mm. He's got a natural talent and it's amazing to see somebody blossom. And where's the lesson in all of that then? Like back the fuck up, <laughs> stop right. trying to micromanage. Cause like part of my identity was like, I'm the cook, I do whatever. And I also, you know, we also were like, oh, and same as like the, the person who's going vegan, if they're the primary cook, yeah. like the whole family is going to fall apart without me. Right. No, but your friend yeah. is learning. Like you, st- you back the fuck up and people yeah. step in and you're like, wow, you guys have got mad skills and yeah. teamwork and innovation. Yeah. It's so, it's so true. I do some work around uh, leadership as well and uh, writing um, interventions to help leaders to become better leaders mm. and share awareness. And there's something we've been working on uh, just last week, which is around uh, micromanaging. Mm. And, um, and and on the other side of that is abdication. Um. And we do this in relationships a lot, don't we? Because we either totally meddle, I'm totally in your business, or I'm like, do you know Checked what? I'm going to leave you to get on with it. <laughs> the sweet spot is in the middle where you trust each other. So I'm trusted to get on with it, but I know the support there if I need it. Right. So you remain engaged. Yeah. So the, yeah. that sweet spot is in the middle. Let's not have micromanaging and let's not have abdication, especially in a relationship because it's very similar to that kind of leadership situation. Mm-hmm. Let's work together. Let's join together as a team. Let's allow each other the space to be able to do the mm-hmm. things that we need to do and be there for a bit of friendly advice. Ah, nice. Cool. There are like common circulating themes here, overlapping themes in our Venn diagram. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm. So funny. (laughs) I love that you've learned the lesson that will chill the fuck out. Yeah. (laughs) Back away and chill out. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yes, 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 yes. And if there was ever a motto for 2022, just take that one if you need one. Just like, just back the fuck up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'll see us through our dark days. Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Nice. Let's do another week on the podcast. Another week. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And this week, this year, I'm not going to doubt you in dry January because you like, <laughs> you just killed it last year. So I know you've got this. Well, yeah, last, I do remember you being a bit of a doubt in Thomas last year. Are you I sure you was. can do this? I, I kept like, bringing yeah. it up. I was like, what? <laughs> this doesn't sound um, possible. You know, it is the most hilarious thing, right? So most people are like, she will never do it. I'm like, hang on a minute, I've done it for 10 years. What are you on about? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I can do anything I want to do. It's whether I choose to do it or not. Right, <laughs> I was right. trying to offend this yeah, morning. I've known her for years. Yeah. And she said, oh my God, I don't think I could do it. I said, you can do it. I said, it's just you choose not to. And that's she hard said, yes, to that's hear, true. but it's true. <laughs> I know she agreed. True. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. We've been friends yeah. for a long time. We both know it's true. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think that's super important too. Cause like, as we're so overwhelmed, we've got all our to-do lists and I need to do this mm. and I need to do that. And it's like, well, what yeah. can you eliminate off your to-do list? Because you simply don't want to do it. Yeah. If you're honest with yourself, yeah. what's going to come off your list? Yeah. A lot. It's like anything you commit to it. We talked about it in relationships. Right. You get what you commit to. You reap the benefits of the things that you say, yes, I'm definitely doing that. Right. So true. So, you know, how much on your list are you actually committed to? How much do you really want to reap the benefits of the things that are there? Right. Yeah. What's it going to add? Yes, so true. Mm. Now, if that if on your list is feeding your children, and I definitely think you should still do that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you think you get nothing out of it. Yeah. I absolutely promise you, you will be. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah, completely. <laughs> Carry on feeding the kids. <laughs> Keep feeding your children. Yeah, that's always a good idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even if you are the default parent. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Carry on until you get the back of plan to raise it up a little bit. <laughs> exactly. You got it. Yeah, no question. Oh, All right. Gosh. Well, I'm fired yes. up now, ready to go. Oh, yeah. Don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm Ooh. ready for it. Ready for it and ready to roll. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, awesome. and I do hope your dog gets better soon. Anna's dog is poorly <sighs> this week. So yes. she's going to drive through the blizzard and face the weather. Indeed. To, um, yes. to go and get some treatment for her dog. Yes. So, I know. Yes. I know. And I hope that your dog is feeling a lot better soon. Oh, thank you. This is yeah. definitely like the, you know, when I was little, we used to have to trudge through 20 kilometers of snow on uphill <laughs> both ways. And this is like that kind of day. It's oh, like, no. yeah, it's that kind of trudging through the snow uphill both ways thing yeah absolutely you have to walk there so I don't know what the roads are going to be like the, right. the backup it's an hour walk so I just I don't know if my dog can make it no. there and back yeah yeah um, yeah it's tricky I'm gonna say you have, do you drive an automatic or a manual a manual manual with winter tires well, I always remember being told in the snow low low gear no what is it low rest yeah. no which way around yeah, is yeah. it no, 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 yeah, yeah, low, so yeah, so like low rev is more traction. I always traction. remember now, I can't tell you what to do. Yeah, no, no, no. I no, remember, but now I've forgotten. Yeah, it's low low gear, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep, trudging along low gear yeah. so you can actually yeah. get traction, totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a front wheel drive, so it's all good. Yeah. Winter tires, it's so Canadianized. You'll be fine, oh, you'll be fine. You'll more get up for it on that side, seriously. I mean, I love driving in the snow. It's a nice little thing here, and we're like batting down yeah. hatches, stay in, don't leave for three weeks. <laughs> oh, gosh, no, here it's 40 centimeters, guys. Let's get yeah. her going. <laughs> I don't think there's any sign of snow here, but anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, well, listen, best of luck and uh, thank you. do drive carefully. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. I will see you here next week. So yes, got to live, got to live for our podcast. Yes. So and I will, um, yes, well, quite selfishly, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really boring conversation on my own. <laughs> so like, don't miss it. Don't be dead. Can you imagine just listening to me? Oh, man. <laughs> no, Can you imagine you. listening to me? Oh, my God. It'd be so boring. Yeah. <laughs> this is teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. We will be there. All right. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.